Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Week 7 really left a lot to the imagination in the NFL. Jacob Breck, Tom Offerman here with you on another edition of the Steelers Standard, taking a look at the action around the league in Week 7 in this episode. Terrible week for us to have off with a bye week. Every game was pretty much a blowout. Yeah. Yeah. You don't care. You're in Vegas. You don't give a bleep about the football games. But I was watching. What was doing when I was there? I was what You were probably sweating out, you know, for gamblers. They were probably really close football games. But, you know, nothing really. I'm not a gambling man, but I had fun watching the gamblers. There was kill themselves over. There were two one-score games all week. The Monday night game last week, thirteen to ten, snoozer between the Saints and the Seahawks. Saints obviously in the thick of the playoff race. Seahawks, I think, the nail is in the coffin for them now. And the other one that was a close Such game a was the Falcons game. and the Dolphins, baby. I mean, at least it was an interesting game. The big comeback effort by Miami. Yeah, and at least it was high scoring. You know, other than thirteen to ten, I'd take thirty to twenty-eight over thirteen to ten any day of the week. But, yeah, other than those two games, there was not a game that was within one score on the entire NFL schedule this week. Let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs because I I think the main takeaway isn't about who won this past weekend, Mm -hmm. although there were a couple teams that won that definitely turned some heads. But it's more who lost in the way that they lost. I I think that's the big storyline is that the Chiefs lost 27-3. They only put up three points. Okay, but in those, there, there are two games that we're talking about here. That the really one? caught our attention. It's that one, and then it's it's the, the Bengals. Bengals it's the Bengals and the Ravens. So we could let's just start right now with our attention on the Chiefs and the Titans. Exactly. Because I think both games are similar. I think you're you're you have to give discredit to the teams that lost, and you have to give a lot of credit to the teams that won those two games. The Chiefs are off, free- to the, off to their worst start in six plus years. They're not that damaged, right? They still have Pat Mahomes. Yes, he went to concussion protocol, but he cleared it. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Tyreek Hill. There is no reason this team should be only putting up three points in one game against the Tennessee Titans, which defense we'd spent all offseason long saying they did not make the right moves. How did they beat the Bills the week prior? Shootout. They scored more points than them. That's how they win their games. Not, not not just like not this. not just by shutting down the defense and, and ramming it down your throat on offense. It's just by having a better offense on that given day. And yes, they had the better offense, but they completely stymied Pat Mahomes, his worst offensive output of his career to start a season, his worst offensive day singularly of his career. I don't know what is going on with the Chiefs. I don't know. Would you rather start with the questionable Chiefs or the impressive Titans? Questionable Chiefs, for sure. That's uh, the bigger headline. I mean, nothing really. You don't want to take away too much from the Titans, but the storyline for 2021 has to be the 3-4 and four start. 100%. The that's the, that's the, the main takeaway is that, yeah, the Titans, they're, I won't say surprising, but they're off to a really good start. They they just had two of the best wins. Well, maybe not this one because it's against the Chiefs, who will now have four losses on the but year. But the week prior. But the week prior, they've now won back-to-back games against the Bills and the Chiefs, the top two teams everyone was predicting to finish in the AFC. Sets them on a good path for the one seed, for sure, if you're Tennessee. You got tiebreakers galore. You have still all of your uh, division opponents between the Colts, the Jags, and the Texans left ahead of you. So that's... Probably six wins. Maybe the Colts throwing in there because 
They just went on the road to San Francisco. But right now, you're, the Tennessee Titans are in the driver's seat for the for the best chance to get the number one seed. Titans, good start. The Bengals, obviously huge surprise, the surprise of the NFL season. I think the Cowboys are off to a better start than a lot of people anticipated. But yeah, the storyline through seven weeks is what in the world is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a team that we expected to be on a Patriots-esque run of dominance with AFC West crowns, playoff appearances, going 11 and four. 11 and 6, 12 and 5 repeatedly, year in and year out. This is the one of two teams that we had said in the offseason that we were saying we're we're so concerned that we're going to get Warriors Cavs for the next 4 years between Bucks, the Chiefs, Chiefs between the B- Chiefs and the Bucks. The Buccaneers they're holding up their like end, it. yeah. Nothing is going to stop them from getting back to the Super Bowl. But it's hard to overcome a 3-4 start. And it's hard to overcome the teams in the AFC if you, ha- if you have to be on the road in the wild card round. It's a much more crowded field in the AFC than it is the NFC. If you have to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, I mean, that's most likely means you're going through the Bills, the Titans, and then the Ravens, or I guess the Bengals now at that point. And that is such a tough uphill battle for a, a team to face. Is it more Patrick Mahomes and his struggles and his interceptions that we just haven't seen in his career to this point? I mean, he's got more interceptions this year than, than Zach Wilson, or I think he's got the same amount of interceptions as Zach Wilson this year. And a lot of people are quick to point out now that, you know, he was getting kind of lucky in the past with those interceptions. He had a lot of interceptable balls that weren't picked off, and now things are kind of coming back to even for him. I buy that slightly. But at the same time, he's being really extra reckless. I mean, the one interception he threw against the Washington football team in a game that they ended up winning, it was Carson Wentz right, bad. Right before it the was half, Carson yeah, Wentz it was bad. Like bad. people were really ragging Carson Wentz for that pick he threw on Sunday Night Football. Mahomes did the same exact thing one week. Reminded prior. me a lot of the interception Ben threw the second one against Cincinnati. Mahomes did the same exact thing as those two guys, and that's where you really scratch your head because he's supposed to be a lot smarter than that, and he is a lot smarter than that. Mahomes' struggles obviously are weighing this team down, but other than this game against the Titans, they've still been able to put up points, even though he has turned the ball over. It's the defense that's been their downfall this year, no question. One of the worst in football's history so far. But the ironic thing is, Jacob, Yeah, they got off to a slow start and the Titans punched them in the mouth, but they settled in on defense for Kansas City. Like, I know 27 points is a lot, but as far as the Chiefs' defense has played this year, that's not terrible. And the fact that you only let Derrick Henry rush for 86 yards, I know that sounds stupid to an average fan. Oh, he ran for 86 yards. Of course he did, but it's Derrick Henry. Like, 86 yards for Derrick Henry is like 50 yards for Najee Harris. Like, it's it's an off day. 30 carries. Yeah. It's an off day for him. So the Chiefs defense, in a weird way, kind of did an okay job against the Titans. I mean, you give up 27 points in less than 100 yards to the King, you should win that game if you have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, right. and Travis Kelsey. Putting you, up you three points. You assume if, if, you're, if that's what you can do against the Titans and you have your Chiefs offense available to you, that's a win. No question. Uh, any day of the week, I think. But this one, apparently. And I, they got a lot of problems in Kansas City because... Although they got the Giants this week in a get-right game, then they got the Packers at home, and that's going to be a tough game for them. Even if they do win that game, that'll be a shootout. And They're not going to stop the Packers' offense. You assume Devontae Adams will be back from the COVID You'd protocol think so. List. Probably miss this week and then be back for the game against the, 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 Chiefs. Pa- uh, the Chiefs. I'm assuming he's vaccinated, which would obviously accelerate his process. Uh, 
And then you go to Vegas, who is looking better without Gruden, honestly. Uh, looks like a team maybe back that, to back wins, right? I don't know if they're rallying behind him, which would be disgusting if that's the case, or no, if they're I think, just. If anything, they'd be rallying behind their special teams coach. Who an is interesting thing him. too. I heard on the broadcast when they were just giving it to the Eagles this Sunday that when Gruden left, they really simplified a lot of the things on offense, and it's allowing them to go faster, and it's allowing Carr to think less. They put and, they put thirty points up against Philly. Yeah, wasn't Darren Waller out for that game yes. as well? Foster Moreau caught a big touchdown pass for them. So, so you insert you insert Darren Waller into that oversimplified offense, which is apparently working for them. It's going to spell bad news for the Chiefs in two weeks. And it's in Vegas on Sunday night. So you Three know weeks. it's going to be wild in there because if the Raiders continue to win to that point and they're playing for first place. I can tell you firsthand, Tom, now, that, that city is 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 it's a, zoo. A, a ridiculous place to play in. They're pretty high on their sports teams in that city, too. They I'm are. sure you saw a lot of Raiders I stuff went. I there. actually went to the Vegas Golden Knights game on Friday. Pretty, pretty awesome atmosphere. Then they got the Cowboys. You know, these next three games after they get past New York, they could all lose. They could all be losses. And that's tough because that and puts you at seven. So you would put them at four and seven at that point? With a game at L.A., Chargers, another Vegas round at home, the Steelers, which, you know, the way that their defense is playing, though, the Steelers might be able to put up yeah. some points on them. The only and then you go game, to Cincinnati. The only winnable game you have mentioned are the two Broncos games they got. And the Giants game. And the Giants game. But other than that, I could see every other team beating the Chiefs. So the Chiefs definitely in a little bit of trouble. Looking at the Titans, though, on the other side of the coin, they're starting to creep their way up into that AFC hierarchy with me. I think they're in a good spot for that number one seed right now because of the lackluster division they play, and I think they can stack they're wins. Gonna, they're going to stack wins because I'm pretty sure they have yet to play a single divisional opponent. They haven't. They start next week against a pretty hot Indianapolis Colts team who, if they beat the Titans, they're right back in the playoff picture Which in my is mind. wild. I mean, I think they already are, are kind of fringy the hunt, there. But if right? they get the 4-4 four four with a win on the Titans... That's a huge tiebreaker. Not only are they in the wildcard hunt, but they're a game back of Tennessee then at that point with another game left. Because Tennessee is now 5-3, and th- would be 5-3, and three and they would and be 4-4 four 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 with four another four, game yeah. left against them. So And with the tiebreaker already in their pocket. So even though you're 5-2 and two and they're 3-4, and four, it's not you got to go to Indianapolis. Difference. It's a huge game in Indianapolis this week for Tennessee. So... Certainly a lot bigger than we were thinking it was when the Colts started, or after the Colts started 0-3. And I'm not, maybe I'm a little surprised that they're making this kind of a hay towards getting back in the race, but you shouldn't be surprised with the Colts winning some football games because they're a much better team than their start indicated. No, they, they, were, not, they were not as bad as an 0-3, 1-4 no start. No way. And they've clearly turned things And they're around. clearly starting to play like they are. Like, well, th- let's also consider the two teams they've played. San Francisco is now 2-4. And the team they beat the last week, I, I want to say was. Ooh. I don't know who the Colts beat last week until the Texans. They crushed the Texans. So the Texans, the Texans, nothing to write home about. The Colts Niners game was the swing game, though. Like, team that lost that game was probably done for the year, team that won right back in it. Colts And, get and a huge it was win. not the team I expected to nope, win. Nope. But I picked the Colts in the triple play because I'm smarter than you. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about the Titans, and if they beat the Colts in that game at Indianapolis, then it's then it's good. It's You're a, good to go. It's a snowball downhill at that point, as far as taking that South is concerned. And Derrick Henry getting 30 carries is a head scratcher in a game you're winning 27 to nothing for the most part. Like, stop running him. Like, 
I understand that he probably is very vocal as saying, I will never come out of this football game. And odds are he's not going to get injured because he's so durable. Take his helmet and hide it from Here's him. Here's the problem I have with your your you saying that. We've seen the Chiefs come back from three touchdown deficits Ugh. before, and we have seen teams neglect to run the ball and allow the clock to stop, which therefore allows the Chiefs to come back because you're putting the ball back in their hands. I'm with not more saying time neglect to clock. run the ball. Just don't run it with that guy. Put that guy on your back. Like, like you're not, you're not, and I get 30 carries for 86 yards. A bad, just a bad day for Derrick Henry. Like instead of taking Tannehill out for your backup quarterback when the game's in hand for the Titans, it's take your running back out because he's more important than your quarterback. I think you, I think it's the one guy, and I get it. But with the Chiefs, no lead. Maybe not this year, but in the past, there's been no reason for us to say to ourselves, no lead is safe when you're playing against the Chiefs. And I think every team is still operating like that. Like, yeah, I think every you're team waiting is for still. Them. All year long, we've been disappointed, but you're still waiting for them to just like turn when, the ignition and have all cylinders fi- firing and have them return to the Chiefs that we've seen the last two like years. Like when Vrabel went up three scores in this game, I bet he was like, mm, I've seen this picture before. I can't before. be the Texans from two years ago in the playoffs. Or the Titans. Or the Titans. They were up two it touchdowns. Was, it was only, what, 14 to, to nothing or 21 to 7, something like that. Yeah, but, but still, he's probably like, yeah, I've been in the AFC Championship game with these guys before. I've seen this this movie play out. No lead is safe against them. Other big uh, result was the Bengals dropping 41 points, the second highest total on the NFL Sunday behind just the Patriots' 54 points that they put on. Bill Belichick really hates the New York Jets. I mean, it's just, it's it's very, it's it's beyond criminal at this point, what he does to that team when they face off against each other. But embarrasses anyway, them. Not only, not embarrasses, only embarrasses them. you, but takes out your starting quarterback and, and completely diminishes any semblance of hope that you have for your backup quarterback. It's awful. It's completely awful. 54-13 to 13 was that final there, and... It really does pain me to say this, but I've said it a couple times to Jacob and Crowley off the air. Can't believe those guys got it a guy got so again. Lucky. Another one. It looks of, like of all five quarterbacks that come out of the draft. It looks like he's the most he's ready. The best one right now. So far, he is. I he's think playing, Trevor's probably going to be better. He's but, playing the best football right now. Yeah, and I think the Patriots easily could be the uh, only playoff team among all five of those teams. I don't think it's, it's going to happen because they've it's lost not close New York, games. It's not Chicago, and it's not San Francisco. As of yet, we, San Francisco could still turn things around. Will it be Trey Lance who turns things around rather than Jimmy G? You don't know. But you got to give all the credit in New England to their quarterback. No question. Most impressive second-year quarterback. You don't think they can make it there? They're 3-4. and four. I don't know if they'll get there because they, they keep losing some close games, and I think that's going to be their M.O. throughout the season. And they lost to Miami week one, right? Yeah, that that's a tough one. That's one you really want back if you're Belichick. But they got a bright future with Mac Jones, and it makes me sick to my stomach. Speaking of bright futures at quarterbacks that make me sick to my stomach, they were two of them featured in this game, the Bengals and the Ravens. But Joe Burrow really, I think, stole the show on Sunday. It was either him or Jamar Chase, but either way, those two guys were the headline grabbers. And Joe Burrow is so smooth in the pocket. And in this era where you're transitioning towards Lamar Jackson types and the quarterbacks that can do it with both their legs and with the arm and Kyler Murray, and and that's kind of the way that you're seeing the position change, you have this throwback kind of in the middle of mm-hmm. it all where yeah you can move but it's not like a Trevor Lawrence move or a or a Josh Allen move 
or or Lamar or or any uh, or Mer- yeah, it's not like that. It's just mobile as far as my pocket presence is a plus plus. There was a couple of plays in that Ravens game, and the one that really sticks out to me was the first touchdown bomb to CJ Uzoma, where it was a play action to Mixon. They get most of the action moving the way that the the play action was, and Burrow starts to roll out to his right. Two Ravens defenders come unblocked, and there's one Bengals blocking, one Bengals offensive lineman blocking a Ravens defender. So there's three Ravens, one Bengals offensive lineman on the side he's rolling out to. He so calmly stops his rollout, takes two steps up in the pocket so that their angle is off with the way that they're going after him, the Ravens that are unblocked, All right. and delivers a dime to single-covered C.J. Ozoma, who breaks a tackle and takes it in the end zone. That is A++++ pocket presence, manipulating the pocket. There were so many times early in that football game, too, where the Ravens were just sending the house on him, and he was getting the ball out in time, or he was sliding up in the pocket and getting away from it. Well, yeah, he's, he not mo- he's not mobile like he's going to take off for 10, 15 yards, but he's mobile as in I can slide two inches to my right, and it changes the play completely. He's His pocket awareness is the best I've seen out of a young quarterback in – Maybe ever. Yesterday I was listening to The Drive, and they mentioned how the Ravens really beat you on defense via the Blitz. And right now there was no one better against the Blitz than Joe Burrow. So when you have that, that is going to be a winning formula for the Bengals. I just didn't expect it to come in that capacity, in in such a fashion where they win by putting up 41 points. The Ravens' defense is no slouch. This is a solid defense, top to bottom, front seven to the back four. Guys like Marlon Humphrey back in the in the secondary, Calais Campbell up front. Marlon Humphrey got absolutely dogged by Jamar oh Chase all day long. 201 yards. Is he already a top five receiver in the NFL? He's top, he's top 10. Wait till uh, – give me a second to think of – some other guys, but he's probably top. He's easily top ten. I don't know. He's pretty damn good. He might already be top five in my right mind. now in the twenty twenty one season. He's Jamar the, Chase is top five right now in the twenty twenty one season. He's the best receiver in football, stats wise. Like yeah, uh, Devontae Adams is probably one A, if not one B, compared to Jamar Chase. But he's in that conversation. That something I did not expect to be speaking of. This early in the season, if at all, at any point throughout 2021. What's so different about this Bengals team and what what really tells you that they're for real is the Ravens hit a home run right out of halftime to go up 17-13. to 13. Hollywood Brown, great catch. At the very last second got that toe in before his knee came down to give the Ravens the lead in that football game. The Bengals in the past, that's it. They're done. They probably don't score another touchdown. They maybe get another field goal, but the Ravens just take that game and they finish it off. In less than two minutes, Joe Burrow's hitting Uzoma for 32 yards and another touchdown pass. Like, they don't blink, man. And that's what makes this Bengals team completely different different from the past ones. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, we beat you by getting ugly, playing dirty, defensive football, Pac-Man, Vontez perfect. No, it's, oh, you go up 17-13 to 13 with a 39-yard bomb? I can put up another 39-yard bomb. I'm Joe Burrow. It's a completely different Bengals team. The culture's completely different than it was when Marvin Lewis was there. Well, I think Zach Taylor's a, starting to establish himself totally, as a good coach. The difference between then and now is the, the, they, sorry, the Bengals drafted Carson Palmer, 
Palmer number one overall, right? And so you had expectations. You had a good team surrounding him. You had Larry Johnson in the backfield, Chad Johnson as your receiver. Who's Manzada, Corey yeah, Perry. Yeah, but you had, you had a really good defense as well to pair with it. And then you lose him, and then immediately you pick up Andy Dalton, and you marry him with A.J. Green. And you have a decent defense with Pac-Man Jones, Drake Kirkpatrick. Gene not, Bernard's running the ball. You had not fallen off at that point because Drake Kirkpatrick you could put, make a highlight reel of just Le'Veon Bell versus Drake Kirkpatrick stiff arms, and that would take up 10 minutes. But at the time when you first got there, Andy Dalton had a good team surrounding him. And then in that end of the Dalton era and then in between Dalton and Burrow time, they were bottom of the barrel, one of the worst teams we had seen in football. So, yeah, the culture is totally different. The expectations were totally different. And not only that, but the expectations were exceeded at such a level that they were when when they brought in Carson Palmer compared to how they were when they brought in Andy Dalton, that it is legitimately scary for the first time in my lifetime, I am afraid of the Bengals. Carson Palmer, his best season was derailed because of injury. And it just happened they played the Steelers too. It just happened to come against the Steelers in the playoffs. Andy Dalton's best season was derailed because of injury. And then they lost to the Steelers. To his own fault. I'm not going to blame the Steelers on that one. No, no, no. That happened weeks before the Steelers game. No, he had the thumb injury. In the Steelers regular season game? Yeah, and that's why they played A.J. McCarron. Well, either way, he ends his season, best season because of injury. He broke his thumb on a run by just lodging his thumb into the thigh of Cam Hayward. Do you think that there is a collective breath being held? Okay, we're 5-2. and Joe Burrow's having a great season. Please, football gods, don't take another starting quarterback away from well, us. Well, the problem here is that up until the point of their career, there was no significant injury suffered by Andy Dolan or Carson Palmer. Not the case for Burrow. Joe Burrow already had his, and it was a bad one. And he's come back and looks better than ever, where Dalton and Palmer, Palmer with other teams, was able to bounce back. But, not but with never Cincinnati. with Cincinnati, and Dalton, Dalton was never that the was same. It. Never the same after that season, so... They had made the playoffs for five years in a row, Tom, and they never got back there with Dalton. So what does this tell you about the Ravens on the other side of things now? You can't get crushed like that at home. You could lose to this Bengals team, and I'd still be like, that's had, a pretty good we matchup. We had said during our, our, our Friday show, during Fireside Fridays, we had said, the only way you're, very, you're actually legitimately impressed by the Bengals is not if they keep it interesting, not if it's a one-score game, but if they go in and beat Baltimore. To me, it doesn't do as even though yes, you lost by letting up forty-one points. The final score wasn't atrociously. Oh, it was. For I thought it was forty-one twenty-seven. Forty-one seventeen is a different monster. The last two it's touchdowns still, too. It still does more to me to talk highly about the Bengals than it does to take away from the Ravens. I agree with that, and I think the Ravens probably get the Bengals back in Cincinnati later this year. I would just I would guess that that happens. Um, one thing though. That showed that this team kind of rolled over and was just getting their butt beat. The last two touchdowns, Joe Mixon just ran for 30 yards right up the middle. No no contest. And then Perrine just Perrine. runs up the middle. Perrine for 30 yards pretty much untouched right up the middle. So mm-hmm. those are the signs of a team that's just pretty much put the white flag up and quit on the game. And that may be a little bit concerning, but I agree with you that this is more of a positive for, for the, the Bengals. Bengals than it is a negative. This for is the more Ravens. of a arrival game for the Bengals than it is a 
Oh, should we be should we should we be concerned about the Ravens the same way we're concerned about the Chiefs? Now they're five and two, and in first place in not just the division but the conference as well. Do you see that lasting? No, you don't. Do you see them making the playoffs? Look, can now you then? just tell me? Look, do you know who the top two teams in the AFC are right now? The Bengals and the Raiders, right? <laughs> right? Would you have ever have guessed that? No, I really wouldn't have. And the Titans and, are third, and two, right? And two weeks ago, right, when the Steelers lost their game, or I guess three weeks ago after the Steelers lost against the Packers, and they were, what, one and three, right? You were saying, oh, this is horrible because you only have one good loss, and that's in Green Bay. The, the Raiders did not look for real to you after dropping – after starting 2-0 and then dropping the 2-2, two and two, and the Bengals, you had no idea who they were going to They beat. lost to the Bears, the Bengals did. So, like, right. that really took some air out of the balloon there early in the year, but they've gotten the and air all the way back And they only won by three points against the Jaguars. So you were really concerned with how that team was performing, given that you lost to them. But now both teams sitting at 5-2. and two. So right now the Steelers have three good losses. No, 100%. And I honestly wonder if that overtime loss to the Packers m- helped the Bengals believe in themselves and buy in. I think it had to because look what they did. Crush the then. Lions, crush the Ravens after that. You don't you don't have any scare like the Ravens did in Detroit. You go in and you blow them out 34-11, to 11, and then you have this. We do this every week, right, where we say, who has the best win of the season so far? It's not the Tennessee Titans over the Kansas City Chiefs. It might be them over the Bills. It might be them over the Bills, or it might be the, the Bengals, Bengals against the Ravens. Ravens because of the margin of victory. Although last week it was the Ravens <laughs> over the Chargers. But it's the no, NFL. I, I would have still given it to Tennessee over Buffalo. The Bengals go to New York to face the Jets next week. That could be six wins right there. Then they got the Browns at home. At first, before that Ravens result, I would say they'd lose that game. Now I think they're going to be favored in that football game. Do you know game. why? It's because the, the surprise for the Ravens or the Bengals isn't so much the, the, the quick impact of the, the Burrow-Chase relationship. It's how good the defense the is The defense playing. is way ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. Like, they should not be this good this year, but they are one of the better defenses in football. And we thought that might have been an outlier earlier this year when the Steelers played them. It is let it is held up to the point where they had more sacks in the game against the Ravens than they had since 2019. So the Browns will probably be without Baker Mayfield for this week. It, it wouldn't shock me if they said, okay, he took his two weeks off, and now he can come back against the the Bengals still think the Bengals are favored at home in that game. Between. I'm just saying, no, I think the Bengals could destroy Baker Mayfield. They can make his life miserable, send him back onto the injury report. And I think that the Bengals can put up points against that Browns defense too. So, in in a couple of weeks though, down the line is where you get your fun upset team or, or surprise team bowl of the season so far, and that's Bengals visiting the Raiders. Yeah. We'll That's see who's who there. Game. That could be for first place in the conference if the teams are winning Wild out at think. that point. I mean, so you expect the Bengals to beat the Jets next week. I do. And then it's likely that they can beat the Browns I at think home they can the following beat the Browns, week. Yeah. That would put them at 7-2. Seven seven and two. Two. The Raiders going into that game against the Bengals have coming up. They're on the bye this week, but then they get the Giants. And then they get the Chiefs at home. So they the can Giants, be 6 they, and The three. Giants, they can win. Move of the six and two, even if they're six and three, that's still a good. Versus football seven and team. two, Cincinnati. That's probably still fighting for first place in the conference. So that's going to be a marquee game. And who's up to on say the if the Chiefs go to Vegas, that's not a guaranteed win. No. Let's remember 
the last last year there was only one team that really kept it interesting against the against the Chiefs in the AFC and that was the Raiders. The Raiders. And now the Raiders are better than they were last year and the Chiefs are worse than they were last year. So I think it's wide open in that AFC West right now. It's wide open in a lot of divisions. It's going to be a fun stretch run in the NFL season, but man, what Can a surprise if those we're Bengals have been. At what week 9 or 10? And the battle for the top seed in the AFC is between the Raiders and the Bengals that deep into the season. I won't be. I will be surprised at that, but then I won't be surprised when they both lose their first playoff <laughs> game to the Titans or the Chargers or whoever they end no up. No matter or who the Bills, play, yeah. the, the home, it's going to be a home playoff game. And, and I'm not going to be lose. surprised when they end up losing that game. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Thanks as always for giving us a listen. We'll be back again later this week with some fresh content for y'all. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you next time.